0: Without any of the kids having anything sports related for me oh to go God. to,
1: you just get so. drunk every night then. No,
0: no, I'm so I'm staying sober every
1: night oh. instead. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what? I always drink more when I have to deal with kids sh- than when I don't.
0: Yeah, so I'm just. Welcome one and all to episode 123 of the original draft breakdown podcast. I'm your host Seth Cox with me tonight my co-host Justin Higdon and Justin as we head into week zero of the college football season. Well, I mean we got to get these takes off and it's not so much takes, but we've got to stake some claims. We've got to get some names out so that way we've got stuff early in the season so we can't duck things or or you know go back on things and and, you know basically get it out there and so you guys the listeners can remind us how wrong we are because i guarantee you we will be but that gets started tonight with us talking about you know kind of the top player at each position and we're going to go through one by one discussing uh what we think if we agree and you know what our expectations are uh for a lot of these players as we head into the season but to get started tonight how are things going man
1: oh things are going great you know i i love week zero you know it's uh it gives us a little taste we're going to talk about those games and some of the matchups on our patreon show this week so as always, it's two bucks a month to get all those bonus episodes. And it's a good time. I know people forget about college football. It's kind of out of sight out of mind during the summer months. Everybody needs a break after the NFL draft. Everyone needs a break from the takes. But now is a good time to subscribe. We have you can go back and listen to all our summer episodes. We covered uh, players from every single power Five conference and we covered a bunch of players that were from the group of five conferences too. We've got, if you want to go the four dollar a month route, I've got a bunch of previews written for uh, about 20 teams, and I'm trying to squeeze in five more teams before we start to get before we get to the week one game. So, always uh, thanks for listening, but also please subscribe to keep the show going that way. Um, so, Seth, we are looking at players. It's kind of chalky. A lot of consensus early on at this point, but as we know, that as they say, evaluations are fluid. So these are all going to change, um, or not all, but you know we'll see some movement um, and some new names rise and fall throughout the season. First couple news items we wanted to talk about: Ohio State has a new starting quarterback. It's C.J. Stroud. So C.J. Stroud, who we thought was the favorite. Um, As I talked about on the Patreon show, I even put 50 on him to win the Heisman at very favorable odds. So he's the new starting quarterback at Ohio State. It looks like the backup is going to be either Kyle McCord or Jack Miller. I think it's probably going to be McCord. And then Quinn Ewers, who is on campus, is practicing. He's probably going to redshirt this year, I imagine. But always interesting to see who is uh, in these days to see who's the new ohio state quarterback because we could be talking about a transfer from this group in the next in the coming months and the other one we talked about josh rosen last week on our patreon show episode 24 bonus episode josh rosen now has signed with atlanta and he is on his fifth team in four years so good luck to rosen but as we talked about last year there or last week and you can check that show out. There might have been a red flag with Josh Rosen to that uh, could affect some of the guys in this quarterback class as well. And we'll talk about that um, throughout the season. So since we're on quarterback, Seth, let's talk about who's the quarterback one going into 2022. And it seems to be pretty much the consensus that it's going to be Oklahoma quarterback Spencer Rattler.
0: Yeah, I, I think at this point it's it is basically a consensus that it's Rattler that we're going to see him be the guy um, this year, and and he he's going to have to play his way out of it um, more than anything else, and and that's not to say that other guys can't emerge, but when you look at the names um, that are listed after him you know it's sam howell we've discussed how he's gonna have a hell of a year replacing his top you know basically five weapons on offense um you know so if he he puts up similar or better numbers then then i think a lot of people are going to reevaluate him as maybe one of the top guys if not the top guy uh you know keaton slovis is a guy that you and i have some concerns about in the Josh Rosen
1: mold. And also, uh, you know, arm strength with with Slovis, um, you know, with with Hal, it could be more more uh, mobility. And I think that's why we're kind of, why everybody's kind of walked into Rattler. He had some troubling turnovers at the beginning of last season, right? But he seems to be the most athletic guy, big arm. He's coming from a system that's producing NFL quarterbacks. We've got uh, a, Mayfield a, in Cleveland yeah, and Cleveland and Hurts and Philly. A,
0: at a very fast clip, too. I mean. Right.
1: Uh, and Murray, of course. Your boy, uh, Kyler Murray. So, <clears throat> I think that's what we're looking at is the evaluation process is, val- is more and more is favoring the more athletic guys. And go, go listen to our, again, I'm not trying to constantly uh, drum up support on Patreon, but go listen to our show last week because we talked a lot about Mobility as a factor and as a factor in where guys get drafted and which guys are busting out over the last 15 or 20 years. And I think it's a really interesting conversation to have. Um, and, and Rattler, he's not a big runner. He he only averaged like two yards a carry last year. But the thing is he has mobility to escape bad situations behind the line of scrimmage and to make up for some of the negative plays that he's going to take. Every quarterback gets sacked. Quarterbacks that can run a little bit can make up for that in a lot of ways. So um, I'm in with the consensus. I don't feel like this is shaping up or going to shape up to be a really strong quarterback class. I think we're going to be looking ahead to 2023 when we can have DJU from uh, Clemson. We can start talking about Stroud and uh, Bryce Young. Those guys will all be eligible in 2023. So it feels like the big boys are not... um, Going to be eligible this year so we're gonna we're you know i'm kind of with the consensus right now that rattlers the early qb1
0: when we go to running backs it's a two-man race right now and and when you look at it it's difficult to discern who you
1: like better but and i think you and i might actually differ on this one right
0: yeah, you're either a – I mean, I don't want to say you, you either pick one or the other, but right. Breesy Hall and um, Isaiah Spiller are the top two guys. And who your one is, I guess, is just a matter of, of flavor. What wh- Who's the guy you prefer?
1: You know, I like Spiller better. Um, it's I just feel like he's got a, a natural feel as a running back and um, when we talked about Javante Williams last year you know a lot of his highlights are him trucking over somebody but i like the guys who who can kind of shift their their bodies as they get through tight spaces and uh, you, you know they can they avoid the big hits they take the glancing blows you know Ezekiel Elliott was a lot like that in college and um, you know i and i just like when player you know Saquon Barkley is uh, – you know a different kind of example but because he's so shifty he doesn't really take big hits kareem hunt i think is a good example of a guy who he does take some contact but it it's always seems like he's able to contort himself so that he never takes a huge hit and that's what i see in spiller he looks like a guy who has really good feet and he has that body control to get through tight spaces pick up positive yards he's always falling forward at the end of runs He's got some receiving ability, you know. He had 20 catches last year, almost 10 yards a care, almost 10 yards per catch, too. And um, with Hall, I think you're seeing more of uh, between the tackles. Like I, I know he's he's really effective too, and he had he was even in the Heisman balloting. But I just um, think he might. I think Spiller's going to have the edge athletically and and with his uh, natural feel for the game. I just like him a little bit more.
0: Yeah, and I don't disagree too much. Um, Hall has produced a little bit more in that Iowa State offense, Um, but when you look at going to the next level, I don't think there's a bad pick. Um, I tend to be like you, though, in the sense that I do – like the way spiller uh produced just slightly more in the sense that it feels like it's more replicable at the next level hall mm-hmm. um a lot of his big runs come from broken and busted plays where you see him um breaking a number of tackles and i just don't know how replicable that is in at the next level and we've talked about it before i mean yeah outside of guys like um Barry Sanders you don't you don't break a lot of tackles in that like through in the sense of an entire defense that's yeah, just I think, not, that's I just think, not something that happens a lot
1: I think there's some like a kind of a misleading stat that's kind of popular which is the like uh, yards after contact when when uh, a guy takes like a, a more of a glancing blow and picks up yards. It's more. It's much more effective than when we saw, you know. Again, Javante Williams. I saw this with Devontae Booker when he was a prospect coming out, where they try and run through defenders. And um, I feel like you're going to have some more elusiveness with Spiller. And not that again. I don't think either one of us is down on Hall at all. I think it's just um, we have seen some takes where people say, you know, Brees Hall's running back one and it's not even close or Brees Hall's easily running back one. You know, those kind of takes that you see on the timeline from from draft Knicks. And it's always, you know, meant for engagements. But, um, you know, I think both these guys are pretty good. Spiller uh, doing what he does in the SEC I think is another factor in there. I just really uh, think he's, you know, he's a guy I've been touting for a while going back to last fall when I was uh, recommending people use their early uh, Debbie picks in dynasty drafts on him. So let's talk about receiver. I'm not sure there's a a consensus. And actually what kind of made us uh, start to talk about this topic last week was a a tweet from Ray GQ on Twitter. And he was touting his wide receiver one, Arkansas receiver Traylon Burks, who is – a big guy like he's built like Julio Jones, you know, he's like 6'3", 230. and um, I'm not sure he's going to be the wide receiver one. I think I would go with uh, going into the year. I think I'm going to, I, I think I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, and that might seem like a homer pick, but Ohio State is is always pumping out NFL starting players every year. Every year they do it. Uh, every year I feel like some draft year, are down on Ohio State players. But these guys come out, they perform well, they earn big contracts. And uh, Garrett Wilson, last year through four games, he had 513 yards and four TDs. He ended the year with 43 catches for 723 yards, almost 17 yards of carry, six TDs. He's kind of built along the lines of some of these Bama receivers that we see him come out. Like he's kind of like Calvin Ridley's size. But the dude can sky for the ball. He makes ridiculous acrobatic catches. He's uh, yards after the catch, contested catches. It's all there. He was a five-star recruit. He's not sneaking up on anybody. Garrett Wilson will be my my wide receiver one heading into the year.
0: Yeah, it's interesting how you decipher and decide. I think the you know Garrett Wilson's one of the guys. Um, you didn't go too far in. I think. You know, his teammate Chris Olave could be the guy this year. He's not as dynamic uh, athletically, but he kind of reminds me a little bit of of Devonte Smith, right? Like as a, he's the guy that's consistently open. He's the guy that consistently will put up and produce big numbers. It'll be interesting to see who comes out as the top guy because I don't think anybody yeah. really thought. Um, and I know Jamar Chase was the first wide receiver taken, but I don't think anybody thought you know Jalen Waddle was necessarily ahead of Devonte Smith, but that's what happens when you talk about um, speed, right? Something we've right. discussed before,
1: and that's a, that's a thing. I think uh, Olave. I'm I'm a huge uh, fan of Olave's in terms of his prospects for for professional football as well as what he's done at Ohio State. You know, everybody knows that's my alma mater. I watch Buckeye football constantly. But but Olave, I think what the thing that separates Wilson from Olave is, I, first of all, I think Olave is going to run a better 40 time than Garrett Wilson. But what I don't think is that he's as good in the contested catch situation. Um, he doesn't break any tackles. And you've, you saw him have some issues with fumbling last year. So I really like both of these guys. I think they're both early-round talents, probably Olave more like a second-rounder, but I don't want to make it sound like I think he stinks or anything like that. I think Olave is a really, really good uh, receiver, but I think he's more of a number two at the pro level, whereas like you're going to see with (coughs) Ridley in Atlanta, he's going to be their number one guy, and I think Garrett Wilson has that kind of upside.
0: From there, we move to the offensive line, and we're going to kind of group offensive line as one right now because, well, one, I don't think anybody sees there being a true offensive tackle one. Evan Neal's been discussed as kind of the guy, but Evan Neal's never played left tackle. He started 13 games at right tackle, 13 games at left guard. um Tyler Lindblom has been discussed as, you know, maybe the offensive lineman number one. Uh, Linderbaum, excuse me. He is, you know, uh, a bit undersized of a guy when you look at him. He's a center. Um, I believe he's played guard as well, has he
1: not? or? Yeah, I believe so. And, and he's also, uh, you know, he's, he's your classic Iowa, like squatty uh, wrestler, kind of maxed out but great athlete so yeah Linderbaum I think you know if we're talking O-line he might be the O-line one but I talked about him on the Big Ten show that we did um, I think for Patreon and you know the size could end up knocking him back he's listed at 290 so um, you know you're talking about center that's still very small uh, but let's talk about you. you kind of touched on this Who's the OT one? Because um, most of these OTs that we're talking about have also, you know, we got uh, Neil, we've got Green from Texas A&M, we got uh, Jackson Kirkland from Washington. These guys all played guard a lot before they got moved to tackle. So, you know, especially in Kirkland's uh, situation, I think he, he's and and Green, I think he's mostly played guard. At least we have Neil – On tape at right tackle.
0: Yeah, and and you look at it, it's going to be interesting to see where these guys, you know, end up. The guy to keep an eye on, and the first name is escaping me, his last name is Cross from Mississippi State. Um, Charles Cross, I believe it is. Uh, And he, he has a real chance to emerge, but he's you want to talk about undersized he's listed at. they're listing him now at 310 last year he was listed at 290 um so you know we'll see how that ends up at mississippi state obviously in mike leach's system um or if that if that hurts him (laughs) it always
1: you know it always does uh except for um you know andre dillard a couple years ago he got a lot of hype because of his athleticism, and you're going to see this. This is what everybody's going to see when the combine comes around and the athletic testing comes out. All of a sudden, you see huge movement on offensive line. I think even though Evan Neal ended up on Bruce Feldman's freak list, he does a lot of great athletic feats for a guy that weighs 350, 360 pounds, but is that going to translate very well into combine testing? He might He's not going to be Orlando Brown Jr. at the combine, but he might not. He's not going to be Makai Beckton either at that size. And then, um, you know, you've got these uh, other guys. Kirkland, his testing from high school suggests that he's probably going to be projected to guard at the uh, NFL level. We'll have to see if uh, Washington has a great strength program. So if he makes big strides, that might change. But um, if you want to experience at left tackle, Zion Nelson from Miami, from the U, he might be the guy to look out for because he's got 20 starts in his career. He's listed on their roster as a redshirt sophomore because they gave everybody the extra year of eligibility that the NCAA did. But Zion Nelson, uh, 6'5", 3'16", 19 starts at left tackle out of 20 career starts. So he might be the riser here from there we head
0: to the defensive side and this is an interesting class um we didn't write it down or talk about it but demarvin leal is the clear defensive tackle number one um to the point where i don't even think it's close right like leal leal is closer to being in the quinn and williams and you know the top five five pick of a draft than than maybe um anybody is outside of KV and Thibodeau being uh, a defensive end number one. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, literally I really haven't seen any talk about any other interior defensive player. Um, is it, is it Leal or Leal? We'll just, well, I'll pronounce Leal and you say Leal and we'll cover it that way, but yeah, uh, exactly Yeah, I haven't really seen any talk about any other interior lineman. Um, you could mention uh, like Haskell Garrett from Ohio State, but I don't even think he's going to be a first-round pick. He might be more like a third-round pick, and he's undersized. Um, he's a very disruptive guy and uh, makes a lot of plays, but I I think uh, DeMarvin Leo, is, he's got that length and uh, strength and size combo that you see out of Chris Jones, for example. So we'll see if he's that athletic, but um, I think he has been – kind of branded as a consensus guy at at interior D-line. But Thibodeau, uh, is he DN1? He had nine and a half tackles for loss, only three sacks last year. We know that the Pac-12 schedule is a cluster. They barely played any games in the Pac-12. He did have nine sacks and 14 tackles for loss as a freshman. He looks athletic as hell. He's not as big as Chase Young. But 200, uh, 6'5", you know, 250, plenty big enough. Is there anybody that can challenge him? And, and my answer is no. I, I think he's a clear cut. Uh, he might be the number one player in the draft when it's all said and done.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. The only names I've kind of heard mentioned along with, with uh, Thibodeau is uh, the kid from – south carolina that's names escaping me right now
1: yeah you would not be able to pronounce that name anyway but uh yeah that's i'm thinking there are going to be guys that emerge at this position yeah i uh, I think we talked about it off the air
0: oh yeah and i think last year really threw everything off with the edge rushers um you know, obviously there wasn't a really dominant edge in the class, anyways, and then you you put that together with the fact that, you know, then this year, like you said, uh, Thibodeau's just coming back as kind of the consensus guy, mm-hmm. uh, while they figure things out. I, I you know, I think I think that we'll find something more probably, uh, but right now yeah, it's Thibodeau, and, and and we'll figure it out from there.
1: And, you know, the guy, I've got to mention, he hasn't done much to this point in his career, but he was just named captain at Ohio State, and that's junior Zach Harrison. He was a big-time five-star recruit the same year Kayvon Thibodeau came out. And uh, Harrison is a freak athlete. At 250 pounds, he ran, I, I believe a sub 11 second 100 meters and they say he runs a 40 under four five he is coming out of that system that's produced the Bosas and chase young and even jonathan cooper who's playing well in denver right now so it's such a deep line rotation at ohio state i think this is zach harrison's breakout year so he's one to watch as the riser and to be fair i wanted to mentioned the South Carolina defensive end we're talking about is Kingsley and Igbari. So that's the other guy who is getting some run from draft Twitter. And he had six sacks last year and seven tackles for loss. And they played uh, more of a full schedule in the SEC. I don't really see him challenging Thibodeau. Perhaps Zach Harrison can. Those two were neck and neck as recruits. I think Thibodeau ended up with the top billing, but... Perhaps Zach Harrison can be our breakout there for Ohio State. They've also got Tyreek Smith, who is a senior. Again, stats aren't great, but you've got the athleticism. I think Ohio State's defensive lines can be very tough this year. Let's talk about cornerback. Uh, we got a slam dunk shoe in cornerback one this year, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, Derek Stingley was, I think, the number one or two recruit in the class three years ago, right? I think Thibodeau
1: was, but um, he was up there. I mean, he was for sure. I'm pretty sure he was top corner. But, you know, I'm just kind of going off memory here.
0: But, yeah, Derek Stingley, um, he's a freak, I guess. I mean, there's literally not much to say other than this dude's a freak of nature who, who... looks the part and so far has played the part uh, to a tee, and you really do feel like he's going to
1: be uh, the guy. People were thinking you know that LSU's Pro day was funny money last year because Chase and Marshall ran sub four, <clears throat> sub4 four fours. Uh, Stingley ran a 4-3 at the opening in high school at 61193. That's, that, that's what ESPN has on him. He ran at 4-3. I know he's on the freak list from Bruce Feldman. Uh, Stingley had no picks last year, five PBUs, but he had six interceptions as a freshman. So he also had a 42-inch vertical at the opening. So legitimately, this guy is uh, just a complete marvel from a physical standpoint. He's no doubt going to test through the roof. I don't even think he needs to. Uh, I think it's all kind of – it's. it's you, when you've got these guys that have documented numbers, yeah, you want to see if they can duplicate it. But you could, just, you could just, quote, watch the tape, unquote, on this guy, and uh, I think you're going to come away with a pretty stellar player. So the question, I guess, is then who's next up? And we, we've got maybe Kair Elam from Florida. He got uh, Seven Banks from Ohio State, who's another athletic marvel, not quite along the lines of Stingley, but he should test very well. Um, he came out really strong at the end of last year. I think he's more of a late late first round possibility, maybe day two guy. But, um, you know, because he's got good size, he's like 6'1", 200 pounds, kind of kind of size-wise similar to, to Horn, JC Horn. But uh, Stingley is a runaway for me, and just the guy we mentioned on our SEC preview, I, I don't think there's too much doubt about him as a player.
0: Any other uh, guys you want to mention before we get to our hot take tonight?
1: You know, we didn't talk about safeties, uh, but uh, I think it's interesting that the Draft Network came out with their top 100. And they have Notre Dame safety, and this is not the hot take, this is not the hot take. Rob, you can play the fire sound if you want to, um, but they have safety Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame as their number one overall player, which was kind of surprising to me. Um, you know, interesting, they had a lot of the guys we've talked about tonight in their top ten. I think they had Rattler, number seven, they had Evan Neal in there, Jackson Kirkland was in there, but... Um, Stingley of course Thibodeau but they uh, Kyle Hamilton number one I mean this reminds me a couple years ago or a few years back I guess it was what five years ago Jamal Adams was coming out of LSU and I remember some hot takey type of things that he was the overall number one player in that class and uh, I don't know again this is not the hot take section but I will comment comment on this and we've got friends there at the draft network and um, we should mention too that they are partnering with the Shrine Game this year which we also have friends there at the Shrine Game so we like these guys, we're not uh, burning bridges here but I just uh, having a safety as the number one overall player that would not be my process
0: yeah I mean it's I I did not know that it, it is interesting, it's, it's definitely that's different um I mean Hamilton's a good player. It's interesting because Hamilton's like what six, four, 220 pounds. Right. So I think it's I think it's the anomaly and the the desire to find a, a Cam Chancellor type of player. Uh, you know, where you it, those are hard to find. It doesn't mean that he won't be a top you know ten or fifteen player, but. It'll also be interesting to see if I mean, who is the I mean Jamal Adams? I guess has been
1: pretty good, but um, he's I mean good ha, has he, a good edge has, safety to borrow a, a yeah. term from our our old buddy Jim Coburn at Jim. I was gonna say has Twitter. he been that
0: mu- much better than you know, um, like a Buddha Baker who's in the second round? You know that that's those are the questions
1: I always have. You know, Jamal Adams has, is, like, I, I think he's in the top 10 already for um, sacks by a defensive back. But, you know, that's—and that's, that's a, a, and I'm not downplaying sacks. We love sacks. But uh, you you don't want your leading uh, sack artist to be your your defensive back. And I do think that uh, draft nicks and draft evaluators, they get kind of infatuated with these overhang-type defenders that make a lot of splash plays. Hamilton's going to be, you know, I guess he's going to end up being a freaky tester. Um, We'll see. I think Notre Dame puts out some some very good athletes, and uh, they have a good strength program there. But, uh, you know, I think we get kind of tied into these, we get kind of caught up in these splash play highlights. We talked about when we talked about Jeremiah Wosu-Koromoa and why we had him as more of a day two guy than a, First round guy, I think Hamilton's a good player. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how they use him this year because apparently they're going to they're going to play him deep. They're going to play him up and up front. Have him do some blitzing. You know, he's going to get make some tackles for loss if he can fill some of that. What uh, JOK did for them last year, he's going to put up big numbers. So we'll see. But um, yeah, I, just, I was struck by. Him being a number one overall guy in a class where you got Thibodeau, where you got Stingley, where you got Rattler, who frankly, you know, a lot of times the quarterback is the top guy. A lot of big time recruits in this class. So it's interesting. We 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 don't have our hot takes or we're straying away from a lot of the consensus right now because these guys are easy to like. The guys we talked about tonight are all easy to like Um so, I, I mean, yeah, it, I was really surprised that they had him number one, but I'm not going to hate on it. I just would say that I would probably never in a million years draft a safety number one overall.
0: Right. What yeah. is, uh, what is tonight's hot take look
1: like? So we got a hot take out of Fantasy Twitter. We love Fantasy Twitter. Uh, they do provide us with a good supply of the hot takes. This is a gentleman named Dave Kluge. It's at Dave Kluge. You can follow him. It's uh, at D-A-V-E-K-L-U-G-E is the last name. I believe it's Kluge because of his bio says a hashtag Klugeed, but maybe it's Kluge, like a luge. I don't know. Um, We'll call him Kluge. And Dave said, there are three quarterbacks that can realistically rush for 1,000 yards this season. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts. Fantasy Twitter loves them some Jalen Hurts, man. They love him. Even though draft Twitter apparently hates him because they give Philly a quarterback in every single way-too-early <laughs> draft. So <laughs> there's a huge disconnect there. Let me just say this. A quarterback has rushed for 1,000 yards three times ever. And only one time ever by someone not named Lamar Jackson. So Lamar Jackson's done it twice. Mike Vick did it once. Randall Cunningham came close. I think Bobby Douglas might have uh, come close back in the day. That That's going back a long way. So I would bet my house that three quarterbacks don't rush for 1,000 yards. That bet is not binding, though, because my <laughs> I have not consulted my wife. But Who, who's de- the actual decision maker? Oh, you know the answer to that. Yeah. Right, come exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs> Any married guy does. Uh, so, again, not a binding agreement, but I would bet my house that three quarterbacks are not going to rush for 1,000 yards this year. In fact, I think none of them will except maybe Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I don't I think... think Kyler Murray is going to rush for 1,000 yards. Cliff Kingsbury might get fired after this season, but he's not going to expose Kyler Murray to a million hits.
0: No right, and, and they've already talked about that they want him running less and in a different way this season. So yeah. They're going to bring it
1: Chris Streveler to run yeah. straight-up quarterback runs because he runs yeah. fast too, but they're not going to expose Kyler like that. No way. Right, exactly. So it'll be interesting to see how that
0: goes down. But, yeah, I think it's I, – I mean, I, I would think that betting your house would be actually very safe – because it's just so unlikely for that to happen at all. Um, maybe, maybe one quarterback, maybe Lamar does it again. If Kyler were to have, you know, maybe three two hundred yard rushing games, <laughs> may, maybe then he approaches it. But I, I just. Uh, You know, I see Kyler having about between 650 and 750 rushing yards. That seems logical. Which again, you know, doesn't doesn't mean that they won't have more, you know, or that he can't approach it. But they're you know they're really trying to focus on him running less this year and running in a more. Design runs in in a different type of manner, so yeah. But you know, like you said, at the end of the day, you also do what you have to do to win games, and so you know, if you're a desperate coach who's trying to keep his job, maybe maybe you're right. So or maybe, <laughs> maybe yeah, not. maybe
1: Cliff gets super desperate and runs Kyler a ton. Even still, do we even think Hurts is I, I? I'm a Hurts guy. I like Jalen Hurts. I'm rooting for him to do well there. Um, I think he has a lot of, I think he has work to do as a passer, but I think he's developed quite a bit for, over the last two or three years uh, with with throwing the ball, and I think we've seen uh, guys get you know creative with offenses to make a guy like Jalen Hurts effective. I just don't know uh, a thousand yards if he even is going to hold up to that, or you know, is Philly going to be even good enough to generate that much offense you know uh cam newton's one of the great rushing quarterbacks of all time and uh, has two i think two of the top three totals for rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in a season and he's never uh gone over 800 yards rushing i believe so uh you ultimately you want these guys to pass the football because that's where they're most effective and uh the running is kind of the secondary thing and and uh with maybe the exception of lamar who's just so dynamic running the ball and so elusive uh i don't really see that out of hertz or you know kyler's super elusive too but he's just uh, he's easier to catch than jackson i mean you, you can see it
0: right so yeah i i have a hard time seeing two let alone three but you know is there. Crazy things happen every year.
1: Hey, you know, fantasy guys. Uh, I'll give them this. You know, they know how to generate Twitter engagements. It's some. It's a skill that I have not really learned. Uh, but that's probably <laughs> because I have a am uh, am of advanced age when it comes to uh, social media. So exactly, uh, I mostly tweet out links to the show, which uh, again you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts player.fm please do so and give us a favorable review we like putting the show out and we're going to be I I hope a great resource for you during the college football season and subscribe on Patreon $2 a month gets you a free bonus episode or $2 a month gets you a bonus episode every week and $4 a month will get you all of the written content that goes along with that and maybe we'll uh, venture out into doing some other types of stuff for the four dollar tier this year um we'll see how much time we have so thanks as always
0: yeah thanks for listening and we'll be back later this week to discuss well the guys to watch in week zero of the college football season thanks again and we'll see you guys soon
1: We need to do an outro at some point that just something kind of what i hear in other shows is where they're like uh you know uh, subscribe and give us a five-star review sign up for our patreon it's two dollars a month for our bonus episodes four dollars a month for all additional content something like that yeah we should work on something like that that we could should, be it right a, there a read yeah that's it so. <laughs> exactly <laughs>